0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hope This Is Helpful podcast, where we give you guys our inter april perspective on everything and nothing. I remembered it this week. All right, let's jump right into it. If you are new here, thank you for joining us. If you are not, welcome back. All right, so we're going to start off, since I already got the cards of my hand, we're going to start off with the All Up In Our Business segment, where we do an intimacy card by Skin Deep, so that you guys can get to know a little bit more about us. Oh, this is an interesting one. If you could change one thing about me to improve our relationship, what would it be and why?
1: Look at airplane flights, take look at airplanes, faster, no. Um.
0: I almost feel like my answer is close to what my answer was for our question on another episode here get- say I think this is the
1: same question
0: can we get a different one yeah okay <clears throat> let's try this side mm. what's your ideal retirement lifestyle
1: not having to do nothing
0: what does nothing look like?
1: Nothing. I don't have to make no phone calls. I don't have to fix nothing. I don't have to plan nothing. If I want to work on my little projects, I can pick it up when I want to and drop it when I need to. Don't have to worry about any interruptions. Does it look
0: like house maintenance? Like, what are you doing? Where are you
1: living? Yeah, house maintenance as needed, not as, oh, I gotta fix this now. Yeah. Just like little projects. Little, little projects. Just improvement projects. Do
0: you think you're enjoying more? Retired? You
1: don't have
0: to squeeze it into your day, yeah. I'm
1: hoping I'm still able to do it.
0: I think my retirement lifestyle will look like, yeah, existing, traveling, comfortable like having that, um, being comfortable financially to not feel pressure to do anything or really to even have to like adjust what we've been doing to fit like our monthly income Mm -hmm. as retired people. Like not having to like make any cuts, I guess I should say. And then being able to enjoy, still enjoy our kid and potentially grandkids if she decides to have kids. Um, but yeah, I I can see us still here, somewhere here. Yeah. Or somewhere warmer. Probably still here though. Because in my mind right now, the thought of like moving and settling in somewhere is just kind of like, eh. But that could change if she went somewhere else. And it was, like, wanting to still be close to her and her family if that's what she chooses to do. Um, yeah. So our next segment is Y'all Little Little Friend, Friend, where we share a story about our daughter. Since you guys don't get to see her on this podcast, you can hear our stories about her, whether it's good or bad.
1: I'm notorious for never having a story about my daughter because I'm a deadbeat workaholic dad. That's not even true. <laughs> Does that mean you don't have a story right no, now? No, I just... Yeah, it always means... I'll be thinking. I do think all week about these. You no, know, I am you think like, listen, bro, I'll be thinking. And I'll be like, I just live. I'll be captured in a moment. I was going to say the same I thing. Live. I have to
0: be more intentional of what's happening in the moment and like writing it down Yeah, out so I, just I don't live. have to like think back to something. Because I'm trying to think of like anything interesting happened this last week.
1: It does, but can't remember it. It always does. Um Our little friend is growing. She has she has two and a half more weeks of school left. She's thinking about doing she's a great she's becoming a great swimmer. Mm-hmm. One of the things she would always tell us in her swim class, this is her fourth sessions, right? Her fourth group of sessions. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time I've actually seen her swim, but she's been telling me since the first session that she knows how to swim.
0: Well, now it's changed to I know how to swim in the deep end, five feet. Oh, she and she cut. always says the sentence in like a weird way that just doesn't really flow, but like people still understand it. She's I know not, how to swim not. in five feet, the deep end. Or I know how to swim in the deep end, five feet. And it's like,
1: okay. She's proud of herself. I'm proud of her now. like Because before I went, when I first time, she had told me she could swim. And then the first time I went I think I mentioned on the podcast before, I was just like, oh, there's yeah. like a lot of splashing and She's
0: stuff. always been comfortable in the water, but I think now she's even more comfortable and confident in actually the skills that she's learning. I think her favorite way to swim is kind of like that mermaidy swim where she doesn't actually have to swim. Like, mm-hmm. I think she's trying to, she's like, I don't have to do scoops and kicks. And it's like, but. Like, I would love for you to learn, like, yeah, other ways yeah. to, to, like, be in the water. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy for her. I would love. I'm, I'm enjoying watching her progression and where she'll go. And it'll be interesting to see how much longer it takes for her to get there, um, which reminds me, I'll tell you something about that afterwards. Hmm. So, my story, which I'm, I thought you were going to say when you started talking, was she's losing her first tooth.
1: Oh, yeah. I, found that. I did want to see that. That for was you.
0: our major thing <laughs> this week. I understood that from you. Was in the dog's face, and the dog went to move, and they kind of like his head bumped into her face, and she came in the kitchen to do something. No, she was in the dining room doing something. I was in the kitchen, and she came into the kitchen and she said, Mommy, I think I made a mistake. My tooth is loose. And I literally said, you're lying and she was like no and then i realized she was actually worried and i was just being that overly Mm -hmm. emotional mom because i was just saying i don't know if i said it a lot or if it was just to myself that i was not ready for her to lose her first tooth but the the realization of she's almost six is it's around the corner it was because she had a tooth coming in and i was like
1: oh yeah oh yeah
0: i guess you should have teeth coming in yeah and then now she's has a tooth coming in the back and now she's losing the tooth in the front and so i think she thought like she did something wrong when she bumped with the dog but it couldn't really maybe she not maybe added to it maybe it was like already progressing. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of excited, but I can tell she's also nervous because she doesn't know what this experience is going to be like. Is it going to hurt? Is it going to feel weird? It's a very small wiggle, but it's it's noticeable. And I'm kind of like, I hope this doesn't take too, too long because I don't want her to be uncomfortable either. But it's, um, it's bittersweet. That means she's very close to, to six and my baby is gone. She's a kid now. <laughs> All right. This week we're going to get into the series "Married at First Sight." Married at first sight, love We are going to talk about how we feel about the show. Well, let's backtrack. If you don't know what Married, first sight, "Married at First Sight" is, it's a reality show where they have a panel of experts who pair up couples. And the first time that they get to meet each other and learn anything about each other is at the altar where they are going to both say yes. And then the experiment begins after they get married. They go on a honeymoon. They have to explore each other's living spaces. They live together in a space for six weeks, I think, eight weeks. Um, And then at the end of the eight weeks, they decide if they want to stay married or if they want to get divorced. And so Leon and I had discovered this show When we were engaged, close to uh, getting married, because it was that summer, we were at the beach house. We were at somebody else's beach house. We ain't got no beach house. We were at somebody else's beach house, and it was actually just the two of us on this trip. It was the first time we went to the house, Mm -hmm. just the two of us, and we were trying to find something to watch on TV, and we discovered this show. And I'm going to tell you my perspective of the show when we first discovered it. I think because we were about to get married and we also had so much happen in our engagement, it felt very, uh, like I had a connection to the whole concept of marriage and then it also felt good to find something that was fun and light about marriage. And so I really enjoy the thought of exploring what happens if you let strangers, but experts, Pair you up with somebody based on what it is that you tell them that you want. And will these people find success and happiness? I think that premise makes me really love this show. What did you think of the show when we first started watching it?
1: I thought it was an interesting concept. You know, basically, yeah, you're letting your trust in. It's like Match.com, but on crack. (laughs) But on crack. So like you're letting, you know, an algorithm or something, which is basically experts figure something out and you're taking a chance on it.
0: And the experts have And there's so many
1: variables, though, that humans can't take into effect. Maybe if they did this with chat GPT, this might be better. But <laughs> with humans, this...
0: And you, the experts' backgrounds are like sociology...
1: Well, when they started, there was one in sociology, one in sex, and then there was one for religion. Like... Huh? Religion.
0: Yes, I was going to say, like, Christianity. But maybe it was just generalized as religion. And so, I think we're on season, like a million 19 or 20 and I can even be wrong in that um and so I think some of our feelings have changed more Leon than me I, I I go into every season extremely hopeful I'm always like I want this to work out I want these people to be happy by the end of the season I am my heart is broken every single season but then I gear up and I come back for the next season the next city and I'm like let's see what we can do in Nashville (laughs) i haven't watched
1: since watched. the pandemic right after the pandemic maybe chris when chris was on there it might have been the last debacle i really watched and
0: they were atlanta I yeah would say. that
1: was that that was when i determined this show had <coughs> excuse me derailed
0: so in the very beginning it felt like people really did sign up for love the ex the you know to explore it i do think that there's still a factor of yeah there's fame that can come with this relationship that maybe you can monetize off of and i honestly i have nothing against that concept but how it comes into play in particular for the season that leon stopped watching on is the people that now are you really here for love or are you here for what this can do for you as an individual and whatever else endeavors you may have in mind. Because, I mean, it's, it's interesting what people will go through just for fame or for what we're assuming is fame and fortune. Because, and this is just, I'm going to, do I have to say allegedly? I guess I should say allegedly because I don't know for sure. Allegedly, it's a very grueling process to get on the show. Oh, it's yeah, not yeah. It's not like, a, oh, I talked to one casting person and now I'm on here. It's background checks. It's mental health checks it's interviews that take hours it's questionnaires that take that's pages and pages and pages of in like you know time consuming stuff that you have to do to end up on the show that sometimes you do watch it and you're like why would you go through all of that if that is true to come on here and act a donkey to come on here i can understand the difference between like your match wasn't the best match and you don't look like you came
1: on here for love at all. Yeah, there's a big difference. And I, some people you don't think they... Some people are just not into it. Some people you get on there and they say, I just went through this traumatic experience. I've been this. I've been closed off for so long. I lost somebody and I'm afraid to lose somebody else. Why did you come on the show? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, why? There's no... Sorry.
0: To that point. To that point. So some of the things we have seen from season to season is somebody asking for the wrong thing. And then, so now you're learning that what I thought I wanted is not actually what I want because y'all gave that to me and I realized that's not what I want. To people realizing this is more than I thought it was going to be. This is harder than I thought it was going to be. And kind of like, I'm not going to judge anybody's decision, but kind of really struggling through the process and kind of giving up on the process because it was harder than they thought it was going to be. Then you also have people who I'm going to assume, because I would like to assume the best. Maybe they didn't realize that those traumas or those parts of their past were going to show up in a way that was going to negatively affect the the process in the way that it is so i think yeah if you've lost somebody and you're afraid of losing somebody else maybe you came in with that information and thought that you would work through it or maybe you came in not realizing that that's how you actually present
1: so what do the experts do you're asking me what do the experts do i'm being based off of you're based off of I feel like the experts should catch what the people aren't catching. Just like the experts, they put people together and they know that they're going to have a hardship and they say, because you have these set of good skills, we know that this hardship is going to be easy because of these good skills. What skills are you putting together with somebody that says, I lost somebody, but I'm afraid to lose somebody else. So I'm going to be closed off this whole eight weeks and hope you just take me in.
0: So are you asking the question of... What is happening behind the scenes before the show airs that the experts aren't catching this? Is that what you're asking? Because I don't know if people are really going in there and saying, "I lost somebody before, so I'm going to come in here closed off," but I'm hoping that y'all can help me still find somebody. Or are you asking like, "What is this?
1: Why maybe they should cross? Yeah, what is the vetting process? Because why isn't it not cross correlated with the confessionals?
0: The confessionals are interviews ahead of time."
1: either or like there's somewhere along the line where they should know like oh shoot like where when do they find out like when do they go back to check their process so maybe yeah the first couple seasons they got people on there that didn't they didn't know had these traumas that would affect them but there's a lot of people in their one-on-ones like when they're talking to the camera admitting things that are kind of red flags
0: okay so my question to that i'm not I, I understand what you I mean I,
1: I'm not asking you for an answer I'm not asking you to defend it I'm acting no, I'm just this is these are my reasons why I don't watch the show anymore.
0: My question to that is do do you think all of these things always present as we should not cast this person? Yes. Because what if there were things about our relationship that people were like, you guys shouldn't get married because this he's closed off to this part of it? Or do you think they may notice it and they're like, We can help them work through this?
1: I think they I think in this situation because you're putting people in a pressure cooker with cameras, with other people involved, you should make it a lot easier. You should make it you're not saying get the easiest Participants. I say you should get something with a lot less to deal with because I think we had people just on the outside watching us, and we knew we was being watched, and it was just weird. Imagine like you got a man right in your room, like two people just sitting there staring at. Probably more, but like you know, what I'm saying like you just got camera crew mm-hmm. and cameras and this stage. They like have this conversation about finances with these four cameras and these hot ass lights. Boom, pressure cooker. It's like if I, all my flaws is going to come out right away? I don't know. I, I also... You, you feel like you in the pressure cooking now it's just what camera are you... I
0: also wonder... And I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm also wondering if you're creating a show that means that you need people that can actually participate. And so sometimes does it come down to... Not only is it... I'm not just picking you as an individual. I have to think about everything it is that... What I like about you, how well you'll probably end up filming, because we do have to consider how people show up on camera. Mm -hmm. But then, okay, what exactly did this person ask for in a spouse? Do we have somebody that matches up to what this person asks for? And then does that person show up well on camera? And does the things that that person want match the same things? Or do we think that, even though they may be opposites, that they could potentially still build this beautiful thing? So then it's kind of like what I would... and this is probably a terrible analogy and y'all can totally read me in the comments. Leon, I know you're gonna have a thing to say. But is it like like when you do like fantasy football or like a draft where it's like all of these brackets that end up narrowing all of your options down so much smaller because there's so much so many factors, it is the timing is probably availability. It's probably how well they their personalities show up on camera. And not to say that you have to be super outgoing because we've seen some introverted people. We've seen some people who definitely seem even neurodivergent and have been able to make it through the process. I do think that even if it doesn't work out where you don't decide to stay married, I don't always see that as a failure of the show and the process because a lot of people grow as individuals. They get to explore parts of them. They get to challenge themselves in these situations. And then they still get to make it out and hopefully become better people. There was one girl who didn't realize she had ADHD until after the show. So she showed up in a way that made her look kind of bad on camera. But then it was, I think somebody watched it and like, was like, I think you have ADHD and you don't realize it. And maybe that's part of why you look the way that you look and you seem so explosive. And so her situation ended up not being successful. But then at the end of the day, he ended up being a hoe. So it didn't really make a difference. (laughs) She, She still was terrible, but like he also wasn't the best character either. So I think that sometimes you can walk away with it with some level of like it was still worth it. It doesn't always have to be this guaranteed.
1: So you mean a failure from individual standpoints? the show it's a, as, a, as an experiment it's a failure
0: but, but we also have to remember is the show saying like we can guarantee that these people like or are they saying like let's see what happens if we if we try
1: yeah it's an experiment it's a failure. It's an
0: experiment it's a
1: Failure but again like I said when do you pull the plug on a failed experiment how much money are you still funneling into this
0: well because I think the experiment is twofold how many people actually successfully stay married but then also like you said it's the ratings it makes for good TV
1: no, it doesn't.
0: Enough people still watching it. Me included. Got I get caught up for this week? <laughs> I, I love the show. I, uh, and again, like I said, every season I watch with great anticipation. I will say I liked it more in the beginning when they, the couple seemed way more wholesome in there for all of the right reasons or close to the right reasons versus some of these last seasons where i seeing way too many people give up so easily and so fast that it makes you question if they actually even wanted to really do this like people leaving their husbands. Somebody has left on their honeymoon. Somebody has left well basically she didn't leave but she checked out and you could tell she checked out the night of the wedding. And Oh, that
1: white um that um that chick that we knew that we saw or somebody else. We, that we saw the chick that had a had conversation with the dude literally 20 minutes after the wedding or after the reception. It was just like... Mm.
0: Oh, because of his teeth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then proceeded to go on. She basically like strung him along and went double. on this honeymoon. Trash. And then every time she would be around him, she would be short. Trash. She wouldn't have much to say. And Trash. then she would do these confessionals, like talk to the camera as if this man wasn't going to be able to see this or hear this thing. And so they ended up getting... They end up They didn't even finish the season out, which I, I'm glad they didn't. He completely, he definitely deserved way more than what he got, and I don't understand how she was so checked out so fast. Um, I thought in, from beginning of the show, in the very first season, you had a couple who she wasn't attracted to her husband, and she cried the night of her wedding that she wasn't attracted to him, and she felt i don't know i'm assuming she felt bad about it and the the part about it as well is that she's done every reality show so it kind of came across as like girl but she was able to turn it around and they're still married to this day after all of these seasons later they have two kids together and so i thought that would be more of what you would see as the seasons went on of like that was more of the fear of like dag what if they can't find like that intimacy and compatibility and like the physical, but they, because when the experts are matching you, they're matching you on paper, Mm -hmm. because you don't see this person at all until you meet them at the altar. So that is the the biggest hurdle of like, dang, not only do I not know anything about you, I don't even think you cute. So how are we going to make this work? And so to, I feel like we moved away from that to people that just seem to be there for all the wrong reasons. And I mean, the experts have did admit this season with Chris that they do feel like they don't know how he made it through. But I do think that people are good at pretending because they think that it guarantees them something. Even if you are deciding to be the villain of a show for whatever that can bring you to your life and your finances, some people will be the villain on the show. And so I think... We're getting more villains coming through this season that I'm watching now. The one girl, her mom signed her up. And I don't even know how she made it through. And I don't even want to say it's not her fault. Because she she at any point could have said, I don't want to do this. But she still went through this whole thing. She couldn't remember his name.
1: Mm.
0: And then as soon as they came back from the honeymoon and they were seeing how each other lived she blamed it on him not having like being settled he I think he was newer to the city but not new enough to be like oh you only been there six months I think it was like a couple years but I think she got this um uh, feeling that he was kind of like a wanderer like he wasn't going to stay put he couldn't he couldn't stick with these commitments but financially he wasn't struggling mm-hmm. and it was kind of like why does that part bother you if yeah, what, what about it is bothering you because if it's not the money like if he can take care of you both why do you, why does that part matter to you so much and even when they asked her that the experts was like so what why does that matter she kind of couldn't bring herself to come a, like come around it and so they ended up calling and quits right after they came back from the honeymoon and so if you have not watched the show i think all it quits I think is a good watch maybe you might want to watch an older season first and compare it to a newer season if you have watched the show I would love to know your thoughts on it Um, again if you haven't watched it tell me what you think about the concept in general and if you have watched multiple seasons what have you thought about the transition from where we started to where we are now and have you stopped watching or will you keep watching I want to keep watching And I hope you guys keep watching this podcast or listening to it wherever podcasts are found. We will see you guys in two weeks. Bye.